five, four, three, two, one. You're listening to the New World Podcast to Eternum, a show dedicated to Amazon Game Studios MMO, bringing you both an original story of a traveler and his creation of a company in Eternum. Join us on this journey of suspense, intrigue, and mystery, seeking lore, life, and the pursuit of all who threaten it. Welcome to Eternal. Days turn into nights, the nights into weeks. The haunting beauty of this new world is juxtaposed by a growing threat from the tree line. It began with the sounds, the guttural reverberance of screaming, not of agony, but of malice. Compounding were the sounds of breaking bones and tearing flesh, the ambience that sends chills down the brothers in arms and the shield maidens that now made up his new company. Sola spends each night on patrol, now taking the role of commander. He walks the perimeter of the encampment, observing the sounds and the sights that are ever-present and ever-developing, gathering intel to share with his ranks. The days ahead bore preparation, their comfort numbered by the increasing of haunting sounds and their now proximity to the tree line. Then came the sights. Days began to bleed into the nights, the dichotomy of sunlight to a now glowing purple haze in the night sky, originating from elsewhere in the woods. His men now terrified, the decision is made to stand, take what one can, and move forward, proactively meeting the impending doom. Solus charged himself to learn each of the 40 in his ranks, establishing a company's astronomer, historian, seeker of truth, antiquarian, and philosopher. But he knew that no matter one's background, each would be a soldier this fortnight. He decides to walk his camp for the final time, not knowing in this moment to say goodbye or to motivate the battle cry. He walks from platoon to platoon, visiting his frontline infantry first. Solus picks up an axe and stands among his men. He knows each before him will be face to face with the threat. He proceeds to describe how the first strike will stick like an axe to a tree, and to be prepared to strike quick with a second blow, just as Solus draws his own dagger concealed from within his tabard. You will cut to kill. Any of you who cause wounds that prolong one's death will suffer the same outcome by my own blade. War forges either heroes or tyrants, and there will be no room in our ranks for the latter. His second stop is among the musketeers and bowmen. How do we aim? Small. So if we are to miss, we still hit. As a fly lands on one's chest, so shall be our aim. His final stop is with those he identified as his closest friends and family, his shield bearers. 
Solus pauses among them, choking back his following words, knowing well that most before him would not make it through a season's change. My brothers, my shield maidens, I have asked the utmost from you, and you have not found me wanting. Your families behind you, your brothers and sisters beside you. This, as he bears his own shield, is not for you, but those to your left and to your right. Shall you fall, let it be in the defense of your family. Shall you live, let it be in remembrance of us. Solus makes eye contact with each of them, nodding, as if to acknowledge the gravity of the day. They will go to bed tonight, but none shall sleep. The moon falls to its grave, the sun reborn, and the company finds itself in formation a hundred yards off the tree line. Solus walks among his family in front as a leader should always find themselves, touching each on their shoulder, the young and the old, the men and the women. His eyes fall on a little boy standing in front of grown men, holding a wooden plank for a shield and a twig from a tree for a sword. Solus kneels in front of the child to make eye contact, knowing this boy will not see another day. He rests his hand on the boy's left shoulder. Solus asks, Mother? The boy shakes his head left to right. Brothers, sisters, the boy looks over his shoulder towards the water, the ocean having left many abandoned. Father? The boy nods up and down and puts a pointed finger on Solus's heart. Solus was many things, but he understood that he now was a brother to the men, husband to the widows, and a father to the orphans. What shall I call you? The boy whispers a name that sheds a tear in Solus's eyes, a weight falling on his shoulders, his heart sinking if not finding itself absent of his chest, and he struggles to stand from his knee, eventually resuming his place at the front of the formation. In this moment, Solus stares into the tree line with his family behind him. He turns one last time to behold the boy who impacted him so. But the boy is nowhere to be found. Stranger still, the boy had left no tracks. He turns back to the tree line, preparing his battle cry for the company. When in his heart of hearts, what he wanted to say was for the child's name, the same name of Solus's own boy he left behind for Carson.
Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of To Eternum, a New World podcast with your host, Solus from Solus Gaming. Um, I would like to start tonight's show um, by kind of dedicating the role-playing story um, to those uh, soldiers, airmen, seamen, um, all those individuals who have served and may have either not come home or they came home to a family dynamic where they weren't able, um, you know, to see their their kids. Um, and unfortunately, that spans across the entire spectrum um, of that conversation. So I did write that story with that in mind. I was blessed to be able to come home from my deployments, um, you know, to my kids and my kids get to keep their father. And um, again, I, I, uh, I wrote it from a very dark place. So I hope you all. Um, I hope y'all caught that sentiment um, in my writing style. So, um, okay, let's move on. Um, I want to get started with podcast reviews. So I'll get um, into the main bulk of this podcast quickly um, so we can get into the meat of the conversation. But without further ado, I would like to celebrate and I would like to honor those who spent time out of their day to write me um, a review. And so the first one actually comes not from a, uh, an iTunes review or any other review. It actually comes from an individual on Twitter who reminded me that not every podcast platform has the ability to review. <laughs> so I humbly accept the correction. Um, and this goes to Stuart Wallace. So Stuart Wallace uh, sent me a tweet. I just want to read the tweet that kind of celebrates uh, both my podcast, uh, and the Lore Seekers cast podcast. Quote, I listen on Spotify to both a Turnum cast and Lore Seekers cast, so I have no way of giving five stars other than this. And he has this really funny picture uh, of a five-star review being held up um, by, I think, a model or some sorts. Uh, again, quote, genuinely enjoy the first episode and the RP story. Sublime can't wait for the next my early week listening is brilliant now between yourself lore seekers cast and lore seekers iso my podcast listening has gotten so much better so thanks Stuart. man i really do appreciate that that is actually by design so for those of you who might not be aware the lore seekers cast and eternum cast it's all under the lore seekers banner so there's four of us the three of them are running with the lore side of things uh, and i'm running with the community and the role-playing side of things so again all under one umbrella and we're glad that it's that's working the equation is working love it love it and the second is actually an itunes review uh, it's a five star from wicked scamp so first off wicked scamp thank you so much he's a member of our community and i will just go ahead and read the quote Every part that makes up the show is amazingly well done. The sound production is incredible and really immerse uh, and really immerses you in the riveting story that Solace is building for the community surrounding New World. The community engagement and information provided by this show really makes me excited to play New World, and I can't wait to hear future episodes. Keep up the great work. Again, I, I greatly appreciate that, Wicked Scamp. Thank you so much. Um, I'm glad that, that it is impacting you in that way. Um, the, whole, the whole point of me writing the story, or at least the framework, the framework of this story is really taking where the game is in real life and applying it to the story. 
So in the first season or in the first uh, in the first episode, Solus finds himself on the boat. Um, very typical to anybody starting the game. Um, you will be in a boat and you will crash and you will arrive on the shores of Eternum. I mean, that essentially is like episode one. It's the origin story. It is what everybody's origin story is. Uh, but I told it with, a, you know, an interesting family dynamic, which honestly drives everything about me and my story. So for what that's worth. Episode two. So um, episode two was the day before we actually launched the Lore Seekers Company um, application and the Discord server. So my story was based around solace in the creation or at least the founding um, of the original company and then this last episode that you just heard you can kind of read between the lines here we i wrote this story of us about to embark on this combative uh, journey into the tree line which is about three days away from the open beta so my plan is to continue doing that from the perspective of Solus, from the perspective of the governor of this Lore Seekers company, um, and how it applies to really the, the real uh, new world um, environment. So just fast forwarding to October, if there is a Halloween event, you can believe that the story is going to divert to whatever event that new world has in store for us so again i'm glad you see that i'm glad you <laughs> wicked scamp i'm glad that you um uh observe and feel that this is uh, increasing your excitement to play because that is obviously the design uh, and hopefully this means something to someone out there that uh, inspires them or um hell even changes their life by any means it's wishful thinking but it is what it is. <laughs> um, okay. So that leads into our transition um, into this open beta. So by the time you're listening to this, the earliest listener um, is going to hear this podcast on Tuesday. Um, and if it's, if it's Tuesday, the, the open beta is three days away. And that is, that is super exciting for many reasons. But this is it. There, there are no more tests. There are no more alphas. There are no more betas. I mean, this is it before the September 28th launch. So um, I will be there. I know that all the lore seekers are going to be there. Um, and we will be streaming it within our Twitch channels. That's twitch.tv forward slash Aeternumcast and twitch.tv forward slash loreseekerscast. Um, so be prepared to see some of that. But I do want to read um, the open beta process okay um so open beta will begin on september 9th at 7 a.m pacific time and continue until september 12th at midnight pacific time interested players will be able to request access beginning on september 8th at 7 a.m pacific time so a couple things here um, if you are familiar with the alphas betas really for any game, uh, please check your junk mail, <laughs> please, please stay on top of your inbox. Um, because more than likely, at least in my experience, more than likely you get kind of surprised. They, they, they send you uh, an email that just so happens to go to your junk mail. Um, and that's never a fun experience for anybody when your friends are in game and you're just kind of twiddling your thumbs, uh, being that guy. You know, not part of the beta. So check your junk mail. Uh, there's also an interesting process here. Um, they're using stream 
uh, stream, good lord. <laughs> They're using Steam um, as a um, as a different way uh, to start this beta. So it's actually called Steam Playtest Tool. So the question is, will I need to download a new version of the new world? The answer, yes. You will need to request access to the open beta client through the Steam Playtest Tool on the New World Steam page. So all this is on their website, newworld.com. Go to their news, their articles, and there's an article called Open Beta. But I would save that link to the New World Steam page. And if you were me, or if I were you, I would be in Steam at 7 a.m. Pacific time, September 8th, just ready to go ahead and start that download, right? So you heard it, no excuses. Get ready, because it's coming. <laughs> um, so again, we will be there, Lore Seekers Cast and myself, we will be streaming uh, some of this content. So that is super, super exciting. Okay, um, so I, I want to transition into just the success of our company. Um, and again, even if you're not part of this Lore Seekers Cast company, um, maybe something that you hear you can suggest or promote to your company or whatever company you end up becoming part of, because what we have going on here is something very special. It truly, it truly is. Um, again, for those of you who might not know, a company in game is 100 people. So one company, 100 individuals. So ideally, you would have 100 people join your Discord. Uh, we're thinking bigger than that. <laughs> um, it, it's been thrown around that we would have a Lore Seekers company, Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, a Lore Seekers headquarters. Um, it would not surprise me, and here's thinking big, it would not surprise me if on whatever server we end up playing, there isn't a day where every region on the map is controlled by a lore seekers entity. Challenge accepted. If you're out there and you want to challenge us, bring it on. That's what PvP is for, baby. <laughs> um, on day one, though, guys, on day one, when we launched the application process um, and we launched the Discord channel, at the end of that first day, we were at 30. It's three zero. We were at 30 individuals in the company. That is super, super exciting, right? A third of the way, almost a third of the way to having a full company. And this is what's interesting is that the company is filled with uh, East Coast, West Coast, um, even EU players. So we'll have to figure out what that looks like. <laughs> but, uh, but this company so far is, uh, at that day was 30 strong. And here's the latest update. Um, literally at the time of recording this podcast, uh, we're, we're sitting at 45, right? 45 individuals in our company that are ready to roll, that are ready to participate in whatever comes next. And, and here's, here's a little bit of a, a, of a teaser. And this is what's more than likely going to separate the lore seekers company from any other company that's a new world. And I can say that with confidence, but we will have an additional job board that's role-playing in nature, uh, but an additional job board that is created in Discord under its own category and own channel, where either the console or the governor, so Lore Seeker Solus being the governor, and the console being made up of Lore Seekers Cash, Jibs, and Champ, um, one of us will submit a directive, and this is going to go to that job board. And if there's a company member who would like to participate in this day or this week's events, 
They can one up by adding a reaction, which is a faction image. <laughs> Uh, of the faction that we're going to be choosing. Um, they're going to one-up, and they're going to participate. And here's the cool part. We're going to let them at the end of the uh, of the event. They're going to be able to write an after-action review. Sights, sounds, intelligence, things that they gathered from their experience during this time, and it very well could contribute to, to the direction of either Aeternum's cast uh, story, or to Aeternum's story, or even the Lore Seeker's cast, and kind of the direction they take their lore. So there's a super cool interactive opportunity that, that we're going to be dropping um, for the group or for the company on Wednesday, so the day prior to the open beta. Again, super exciting. We'll see what comes of this, and Stay tuned on this podcast to hear the results. Um, I think it's going to be exciting to hear uh, both the good and, and, and the opportunistic, right? So super, super exciting there. I just wanted to highlight some of the cool things that happened this last week. And everything that you're about to hear has been uh, extremely organic. Um, and I do encourage all companies out there, guilds, whatever the heck you want to call yourselves, I do want to promote the organic nature of what can happen with a little bit of direction, right? A little bit of left and right limits, maybe a little bit of guidance and facilitation from your leadership. But for the most part, this needs to be driven by the community. And this is just organically what happened this past week. So within our, uh, within our company, we have a position called the Tyler so the Tyler is kind of the disciplinary and the administrative uh, entity, if you will. And this goes to Lore Seeker Champ. And what's really, what's really funny about this is he's been dubbed kind of our Chuck Norse. So, um, so we use Dank Meme. meme dank Meme. All right, we're doing this real time because uh, I don't want to sit here and lie to you on, on stream. Dank Memer. So Dank Memer is a bot that goes into Discord. Um, we, we've been using it for Chuck Norris memes. Um, and we've replaced everything Chuck Norris with Lore Seeker Champ. It is absolutely hilarious, and it promotes kind of that uh, engagement within the company. So a couple of quotes that came out of it. This is probably just fun for, for anybody, but um, so Lore Seeker Champ once shot a corruption portal with a live staff light attack. <laughs> That's from Dubs Gamer. Quote from Dubs Gamer. Uh, I thought that was good. Another quote from one of our favorites, Pip. Quote, death once had a near champ experience. <laughs> um, I sent one that's, I, you know, I shit you not. I once heard champ count to infinity twice. <laughs> and then probably more appropriate, the quote, champ killed two stones with one bird. And if y'all know anything about Lord Secret Champ, that is entirely appropriate. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's so good. It was so good for that to happen organically in the snippets that we had. Um, and that whole experience yielded um, actually one of the more popular tweets from this last week where we took a, a, a meme of Anchorman where, you know, if you remember the fight scene um, of the different anchors, right, the news anchors that got together in the alley and started fighting whatever and Brick brings a hand grenade <laughs> to, the, to the fight. Uh, yeah, we definitely dubbed Brick as uh, as as Champ, right? And the other three, obviously, being the other three lore seekers. So, um, absolutely hilarious. Encourage that interaction. If you have to be the one that falls on the sword and just kind of is the butt of jokes, do it. It brings everybody together, uh, for sure. 
another cool thing that we started doing again organically this happened but individuals started taking kind of their in character name or their in game name or at least what it's going to be um, and they've changed their nickname in discord to be their character name and then left their discord name in parentheses so you never guess kind of who you're talking to but it also forces that role-playing interaction again just a, a phenomenal maybe different approach um, to the way you're talking to your friends or the way that you have your 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 uh, your channel set up and one of the one of the last things I wanted to kind of um, celebrate with the company um, and this goes for all other companies out there as well try your best to get your channel boosted to that level one Right. So if you're not familiar with Discord Nitro or Discord boosting, um, it definitely opens up better stream bandwidths, better auditory bandwidths. Um, it opens up an animated Discord channel logo. Um, it just opens up so many cool customized functionality. Um, in, in what you're producing. So again, shout out to Lore Seeker Champ. He was the first to boost the company. And like hours later, we had a total of 10, 10 total boosts that got us past level one and only five away from level two. So again, just a testimony of this family that we've created. Uh, and I hope that the company that you're a part of is able to produce the same. Um, what we've done with that though, this is really neat to announce, what we've done is we've partnered with an artist, um, a top selling artist from Fiverr, uh, and we will be we will be ordering and creating a unique original uh, Discord sticker, right? That we're going to be able to call like our mascot. And I'm not going to ruin anything. I'm not going to tell you what it is or how it plays in, you know, to everything. Uh, that'll come. It'll come probably in a tweet to kind of announce it and celebrate it. But again, um, if you're listening to this and you were one of our boosters, blessings. I hope you see that we're doing things with um, your ability to contribute. Uh, and then for everybody else, it's totally worth it, right? Just it, it's, it's totally worth uh, having that experience or having that ability uh, to open up new things for your channel. And that leads me to our external article. So I want to bring up... Um, I want to bring up the article I'm going to read today. It's from JCFS Chicago, uh, and it's entitled Video Games Are Social Spaces, How Video Games Help People Connect. And I think this entire article is, is appropriate. So I'm going to read through it, pause. I might have a couple of two cents here and there, but this is very interesting with some very interesting facts. Again, you can find the link to this in the podcast notes so feel free um, feel free to click on it and, and and check my reading and if you want to read it yourself again it's great great information so again title video games are social spaces how video games help people connect to the article i imagine most parents of gamers have hollered to their children to stop playing games and go be with people their children seem totally isolated, sitting all alone, staring blankly at a screen for hours at a time. Children need to talk to each other, to have conversations, to get out into the world. That's how to make friends, parents assert. They fondly recall long conversations on the phone, 
learning to work together by competing in sports or playing Monopoly together at a sleepover. To well-meaning parents, video games often look like a waste of time, a waste of a childhood. The games they grew up with didn't have controllers, keyboards, screens, or a headset. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pause there. If I look back at the games that I grew up with, the Final Fantasy VII's, um, man, Sega, Sega Genesis, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, I mean, you name it. Um, I was just after Atari, so not to date myself, but I was just after Atari. So when I look back, oh, here we go. When I look back at GoldenEye, um, I remember Christmases where I would be sitting around with our neighbors playing GoldenEye for hours upon hours. And that to this day is one of my favorite memories. It wasn't, and I was in sports, right? I did the football thing. I did the baseball thing. Um, I was in wrestling, jujitsu, right? I was in all those like super masculine uh, sports. <laughs> um, but my favorite memories with my friends were around a video game. And it, it was uh, conversational. It, it, it was ways for us to dive into each other. You know, you would play a match for like five, 10 minutes. And then once it was over, you bonded. Hey, remember that one time that you came out of that wall or you came, um, you know, with a golden gun in that secret space. Um, you know, all those stories that we come up with. The Silent Hills, the Resident Evils. Um, my brother and I sitting up at two o'clock in the morning playing Silent Hill um, around Halloween. Again, one of my favorite memories with my brother. So I, I, I can relate to this article, right? Well-meaning parents, video games often look like a waste of time. But here I am as a grown-ass adult, <laughs> uh, and, and, and it's defined a lot of my childhood in healthy ways. All right, so back to the article. In this case, the headset is the key. Although the players are physically isolated, they're spending time with friends in the same way that people do when they talk to one another on the phone. Here's a cool quote. 77% of boys play online video games with friends at least once a month. I often hear parents say that video games don't count as healthy communication. Their kids aren't talking about anything real when they play. They're just talking about the game or yelling at one another. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> if you've ever been on a chat with the four of us lore seekers, right? Especially me and Champ, we both have a military background. Uh, yeah, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's, uh, there's definitely healthy communication that happens between all of us. We're parents or grown ass adults. Like I said, we're working, we have careers. Uh, we have the military background. We talk about dark, deep things like PTSD and how one another handles some of the things that we saw and experienced uh, in our time with the military. That didn't exist, right? Between the four of us, that didn't exist without gaming, right? Uh, so you can imagine the community that you're building, the com whatever community that is with whatever game you're playing, you're opening up the door for the opportunity to, to grow and to share, right, those experiences. What do gamers talk about? Back to the article. Two researchers studied, <clears throat> excuse me, two researchers studied this exactly in 2006. They looked at over 5,800 messages sent while playing an online multiplayer game 
and examined whether these messages were socio-emotional or task-oriented. Socio-emotional messages are ones which help players connect with one another, such as, thanks for the help. Yeah, I agree with you. And wow, that was funny. Task-oriented messages are focused on the game itself, such as, how do you open this door? Or just practice some more. They found that there were more than 3.2 times as many socio-emotional messages as task-oriented ones. Well, that's interesting. Additionally, these emotion-based messages were over 2.6 times more likely to be positive than negative. Alright, I don't know if they were looking at like Call of Duty chats, <laughs> but or World of Warcraft chats. Uh, but I feel like those are predominantly negative, but hey, they're the ones that did the study. Uh, they're proving me wrong. <laughs> but uh, let's move on. That means that contrary to parents' fears, the vast majority of the messages people sent while playing this game were used to interact with others in a positive way. And that is huge in 2021. Back to the article. For young people, it can be annoying to hear their parents encourage them to talk with others when, from their perspective, they already are. Although the method of communication is different, the messages sent and connections built are the same. Even if players were to only spend time talking about the game itself, games would still be a great way to bond with other people. Lots of families have weekly game nights, ding, 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 in which they play board games to spend time with one another. I spent a few hours playing card games with my family last week, and even though most of the conversation was centered on the games themselves, it was undeniably a bonding experience. Many teens go to each other's houses to play video games in the same room. This serves the same purpose as playing Monopoly together did for their parents. Shared experiences like these are so good at helping people connect that some therapists even use tabletop games like Dungeons and Dragons as group therapy. You can see why I picked this article. <laughs> if you're unfamiliar, uh, the Lore Seekers have a uh, the Natural Ones D and D. It's you can go, you know, Twitter, Instagram. That's uh, a podcast as well. Um, I'm the the uh, I'm the dungeon master of this of this group, but it's forward slash the Natural Ones D and one of my favorite, favorite ways of gaming. One of my favorite ways of gaming. And you talk about tapping into people's creativity. It has been a blessing to work with each one of them uh, and see what, what their story you know, is producing. As a dungeon master, I believe in facilitating, putting some left and right limits up, killing somebody if they make stupid decisions, you know, the typical. But for the most part, the story is theirs. And it's so cool to see them thrive in the world that you create, right, as a DM. Uh, but that's really interesting that, again, quote, some therapists even use Dungeons & Dragons as group therapy. You better believe it. I want to move on to conclusion. No, you know what? No, I am going to go back and I'm going to read video games as safe places because there are some pretty strong, strong quotes in here. Quote, there is also evidence to suggest that video games can be a safe place to experiment with social interactions for vulnerable people. These include 
people with autism spectrum disorders, people with insecure attachment styles, shy people, people with depressive symptoms, and people with social anxiety. If you are an empath, you have any sort of empathetic bone in your body for anybody who struggles, who has a dynamic life situation, you can't hear that quote and just not have your heart go out to them. And it's so true. Even those of us who claim, like I would claim to have a type A personality. I'm not sure how you can be a podcaster and not be a type A, but I digress. Doing these shows and gaming with my friends has definitely helped build some of that public speaking confidence. And that's a small, small sliver of what I just read to you. Again, people with autism spectrum disorders, insecure attachment styles, shyness, depression, anxiety. That's huge. And I think we all kind of have a, a story that might relate to that. By the way, email it to me <laughs> at aeternumcast at gmail.com and we can read it in our Royal Mail uh, section or segment. Uh, we'd love to hear how the community has impacted you in your life. But let's go back to the quote or to the article. Video games and other online spaces are safe for these individuals because they allow people to communicate when they want to with little or no pressure to respond immediately and without requiring them to be in the same physical space with others. Successful conversations require a wide variety of skills that many take for granted, such as reading body language, understanding tone of voice, that's huge, because you don't always get to see body language, but understanding the nuances of someone's tone, it's huge. Maintaining eye contact and rapidly comprehending and responding to information. Online video games can allow players to talk to others and make friends at their current ability level, even when they are not emotionally or physically able to leave their homes. This can help build the skills and confidence necessary to try it in person. What did I just say? <laughs> right? That's 100% that's what I just said about helping build that public speaking confidence. Right? Back to the article. In fact, research has shown that many people who meet while playing games online do end up spending time with those people. This is cause for celebration for parents of young people who are otherwise socially isolated. 2020 COVID-19. However, the trend of meeting new friends in person does have the potential to become dangerous for young people, as there are reports of adult sexual predators using games as a way to meet children and teens. These incidents have greatly decreased in recent years, and it appears that children are relatively safe online. Even though reporting features and chat filters have made online spaces safer than ever, it is still a good idea for parents to keep an eye on whom their children are talking to and to have open conversations with their children about what is and what is not appropriate in these contexts. Moral of that story, parents, parent. I mean, <laughs> I'm a parent of two kids, right? In fact, the majority of the lore seekers are our parents. Um, I, I, I can tell you like, you have the sole responsibility of your child. Sole responsibility. 
if they're playing Grand Theft Auto and you start seeing their behavior change to very aggressive and talking about, you know, weapon systems and everything, I mean, okay, as a parent, there are some indicators that you need to own, right? And I say that as a parent. I, I think that's no different than watching movies, watching TV shows, listening to certain types of music. Parents need to parent. I don't think that's exclusive to gaming. And last, the conclusion. Children and teens are spending more and more time playing video games online with their friends. For most, this is a positive experience, allowing them to communicate with others even when they are unable to physically be with them. This is particularly true for people with difficulty spending time with others in person, like those with major depressive disorder, autism spectrum disorder, and social anxiety disorders. This unconventional method of communication is helpful in fostering connections while building the skills and confidence necessary to interact face-to-face. -face. All those steps should be taken to ensure children's safety online. Online video games are a large part of the lives of young people and should be recognized as a, so uh, as a source of social support. Great article. Great, great article that does include several resources that you can read and research even further, which I'll probably end up doing for future episodes. Um, but just a lot of really good data points and a lot of good points. I think each one of us who game and listen to gaming podcasts heard something in this article that like makes you kind of nod up and down. Like, yeah, I can totally relate to one of those things that I heard. If something I read speaks to you, I would love to hear that experience. I would love to be able to share. You don't have to put your name. You don't have to go into any specific details, but I would love to hear testimony of that experience with you. And you can do so by emailing us at aternumcast at gmail.com. That is Alpha Echo Tango Echo Romeo November Uniform Mike Cast at gmail.com. Another way to interact with our show is to leave a review on evidently just Apple iTunes, <laughs> or you can send me a direct message in Twitter and I can read it just as well. But any review, whether it's a one star up to a five star, will get read on the show. You can also find us at uh, all social media platforms forward slash Aternumcast. And my brothers over at the Lore Seekers cast, you can see their website, loreseekerscast.com, and their social medias forward slash loreseekerscast. You can also apply to our new world company at loreseekerscast.com, going to the very top, going to company, clicking on apply, uh, and you will hear from one of us uh, in the near future. I hope this has found everybody well. Again, we are three days away from open beta. I look forward to seeing each one of you in the game. And I look forward to next week's episode where we start talking about our impressions of the last beta before the September 28th launch of New World. Go. And remember, mission first, people always.